Oh boy, how are we? It's another episode of the Josh Potter Show. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. And uh, gotta thank Christopher Smith sending this instrumental in, a different vibe than we're used to with the Griff Parker stuff, but that's what we like. We want so many different vibes. Send in your music, Show at gmail.com. And Christopher Smith actually also sent in a story that we will cover in the news, doing double duty this week. And on a holiday weekend, no less. Please to be uh, subscribing and liking and rating and reviewing wherever you happen to listen or watch this program. Make sure that you're doing all of those types of things because they go quite a long way and they don't take you very much time at all. This week, by the way, Thursday, tomorrow, I will be in Poughkeepsie, New York. Yes, tomorrow, if you're watching this on the day of the debut, June 1st, Poughkeepsie, New York, Laugh It Up Comedy Club. And then the subsequent days, June 2nd and 3rd, I will be in Saratoga Springs, New York, at the Comedy Works. So please get tickets and come on out if you weren't already planning on it. Other than that, patreon.com slash the Josh Potter Show. Five bucks a month, get on that. Just did our first Zoom hang. You know, trying to figure out more fun stuff to do on the Patreon. We'll get get it going though pretty good soon here gonna bring twitch back as well i'm getting the itch the twitch itch if you will so that we're working on as well i'm learning this thing called stream yard it's hard i'm not good at uh technology so i'm trying to learn things nevertheless we're here it's uh we're taping this on memorial day we gotta say you know uh respects for the fallen troops but i want to give respects to my troops here Kirsten, Rob, Alex coming in on Memorial Day. I didn't know it was Memorial Day till like Saturday, so I'm appreciative of you guys coming in. <laughs> I don't know if you had picnics or something. People are commenting on my attire lately. They're saying, well, it's summertime. Why is Josh wearing beanies and hoodies? Well, it's like 58 degrees here in L.A. and cloudy, so... You know, happy Memorial Day. I can't think of a Memorial Day. That's why I'm not in the, I'm not in the zone yet, you know, for picnics and whatnot. Do you guys miss out on a picnic? I'm sorry. I'll buy you a hot dog from 7 No, we have no family no. or friends. Exactly. You're our family Sames. and friends. Exactly. Sames. We're it, folks. This For is right Memorial now. Day picnic right here. <clears throat> but uh, I get, like, FOMO around these holidays. I do because I miss going to, like, barbecues. And I see the ones that are happening around here in L.A., and I'm not having FOMO about missing out on those necessarily. <laughs> I'm not going up to a... There's probably one at the end of the street. Well, not like that. <laughs> You're talking at the other end of the spectrum than I was talking. I was talking about like pretty people in bathing suits. I'm like, I'm not going to a rooftop on a hotel to celebrate Memorial Day looking like I look. No, sir. They'll turn me right around at the door. <laughs> I went to a... like a, We thought when we got the hotel in Madrid that it was a hotel pool. So we're like, oh, cool, a hotel with a pool. That will be fun. And uh, so we asked the front desk where the pool is for the hotel, and they say, oh, it's two blocks, and they told us this thing. It was like crazy distance in a different building entirely. Turns out they just gave you, with your room, access to, like, the club med or whatever it is, like a health club. And then you got to use the pool there. But they had, like, lines in the pool where people are, like, doing laps. It wasn't exactly one where I could have a frosty drink and just sit there. So when I got into the hot tub, thinking that was the way to go, a man came up to me and said, sir, you can't be in the hot tub. And I was like, why? And he goes, because you need to wear a hairnet and they don't make, like, 
<laughs> Full body hairnets. <laughs> he basically was telling me I was too hairy to be in the in Europe. You were hair shamed. I was hair shamed. I was told I couldn't be in the hot tub because I have too much hair on my body. I've never heard of that. I've seen many a hotel hot tubs with. This many is not a hotel hair. though. That's the thing. Oh, it was okay, like a. Right. Cl- it was like a health you're club. Right. It was like a special. You had to have access. It's like where people were doing like kibitzes or whatever the hell those are called. I don't know if that, I just said a <laughs> racial slur. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what a kibitz is. I thought they were related to spas. They very well might not be. Are you confusing schwitz? Maybe. And a kibbutz? Don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know what either of those are. It's, they both sound slurry. A, a kibbutz is like a Jewish... Um, like it's like a neighborhood where it's like a one community. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's not what I was talking about. So a schwitz? A schwitz is where you just go sweat in a sauna for a while. Yeah, it's where people do that. There was a sauna, there was the pool, there was the hot tub, there was, uh, you know, a gym. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't your stereotypical hotel pool. But I don't want to go up to one of these fancy Hollywood, West Hollywood rooftops. And, uh, you know, I want to go up there and, you know, shotgun a beer and have a hot dog. And they're going to go up there and they're going to be like, you know, who, what in the hell is that hanging out here? So I'm, I'm trying to avoid that altogether, you know? I, uh... I can't uh, abide I can't. idiocy any longer. So I had FOMO. You know, I look back home and I want to go to my friend's house and do barbecues there and stuff like that. But then I, I just forget these holidays even. I know that's bad, right, for the troops. I'm sorry. I forgot, you know. <laughs> I forget about these. The And then I'm like, this one is, what's the other one? There's a fall one and there's this one. There's Veterans Day and Memorial Day. But Labor Day is the one that people often confuse with Memorial Day. And that's, I can't believe that's a holiday Labor Day. That's just we're talking about the ant. Uh, what is it? The uh, uh, in the 1900s. It's the unions. Antichrist. Well, well, not antichrist. Anarchists. Well, right. Well, celebrating the the creations of the American Union and celebrating the worker. God, look at Alex. How smart he is. I'm like we're celebrating those anarchists who shot McKinley. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it all related somehow? <laughs> If it is, I, that's news to me. I thought it, the anarchist was a guy who worked in like a factory. The guy who shot McKinley was a guy who like worked in a factory and was like sick of it. He's like, my life's terrible, and so he, I'm going to shoot the president. I could have made all that up in my head, folks. I have no idea. I'm not a historian. I'm glad I just found out what Labor Day was, though. <laughs> I just thought it was a day where clothes are on sale. But we did have many a people uh, write in about last week's episode because I I kind of crapped all over plenty of fish a little bit. Just my experience, really, <laughs> I gave. And I know a lot of others have that experience. I mean, go on, Plenty of Fish. You tell me I'm wrong. Evidently, though, there were some people who saw at least the clip of the show and were not offended. I was actually, I was waiting for some people to get upset. But they were saying, you know, I've been married for quite a long time and I met my partner on Plenty of Fish. And I said, well, I need to hear this story. So email in. And I told each of the people that I at least interacted with to email me their story. Now, I have not read this. They could very well be very boring, but that's actually shocking in itself if they're boring and mundane and they, you know, derive from plenty of fish. So here is an email from Sean. It says, hey, Josh, just commented on your most recent Insta post about the plenty of fish scammer. And you mentioned you wanted to hear my plenty of fish love story. Well, it may bore you. (laughs) It's going to bore me? Oh, my God. From Plenty of Fish, just a boring love story? I'm shocked. (laughs) 
Well, it may bore you because there isn't any fuckery of any sort. I don't know what that means. My wife and I were actually, my wife and I are actually a success story. I was super cynical about online dating for the longest time. Well, yeah, because you were on plenty of fish and you're pulling in, you know, you're sending out your reel and you're pulling in tires and license plates. No fish to be had in plenty of fish. Uh, but here you are. For the longest time, you were cynical. Uh, but at this point, I had just gotten out of a relationship and figure, what the hell? Maybe I'll meet someone cool. I put up an honest profile saying I was looking for a special someone to hopefully settle down with. Mind you, I was clueless about the hookup culture and craziness that was that was and is still in online dating apps. Within roughly 20-ish minutes of posting my profile, my now wife messaged me. There were some early bumps in the road that were completely my fault, but this November we are going to be celebrating 10 years married and 11 years together. We have an amazing almost four-year-old daughter as well, so needless to say, I'm grateful for both Plenty of Fish and online dating. Aww. A four-year-old that came out of Plenty of Fish? I wonder how many children are like going to grow up and be like, my parents met on Plenty of Fish. And they lived happily ever after. I mean, that's crazy. He did say that 20 minutes, by the way, that is like, it's like, are you a supermodel? Are you just two hot people that met on Plenty of Fish? You're like, oh, thank God. I found another. I don't know. I forget what the man looked like. But that is a shocking story to me. I'm here almost speechless based off of that. I don't believe that will be the uh, prominent statistic out of people who meet on Plenty of Fish. I don't know. When I go on there, I'm just like, it's not even swiping on Plenty of Fish. If I recall, it's been almost probably a decade since I even looked at Plenty of Fish. Can you pull up Plenty of Fish just like their homepage? I mean, I don't even, (laughs) of course they're going to show. I wish we could just go in and just see the bowels of it. Even Hinge does this, by the way. I was on Hinge for two weeks, and you get on there, and the first thing they do, they give you a bunch of good-looking people, and you go, all right, this isn't so bad. And then all of a sudden, you're in the gutter. And you're like, who the hell are these people? Am I one of these people? Is that, are they putting me in the gutter category? <laughs> you start being self-conscious. Your confidence is dwindling based off of the people that Hinge thinks that you are linking up with. Plenty of Fish is more like, I thought, bloggy. It's like where you can just kind of like peruse anyone on the site and message them. You know, it's a little more, you're casting a wider net to keep going with the fish analogies, you know? Were you gonna? Did you have you had any experience? Any experience on Plenty of Fish back there? Uh, I met my wife on OK Cupid. That I'm, one seems different, and that I can't believe you withhold held that information until just now. I uh, also met my husband on Tinder. It'll be our that three year tomorrow. Crazy. I knew that one. Tomorrow's I our was three gonna year. bring that up, but I didn't know if you wanted to. Three yeah, no, year I'm anniversary good for it. Yeah. on Tinder. See, Tinder isn't OK Cupid is more like. I don't know. That one seems like speed dating or something organized where Tinder is like, let's throw it around a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was on. We were both on Tinder at the same time, but Tinder is not for finding a long term partner, or at least it wasn't when I was on it. Carson's going <laughs> to throw, throw knucks we'll back see. there. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> we'll see. That no. doesn't mean that you can't find a long-term partner. I just mean. Well, clearly we're finding them on plenty of fish. <laughs> I, I never went the plenty of fish route. I never even yeah. saw. Well, Tinder the interface, is, and I'm honestly, gonna, I was under a fake name when I met my husband. So, how many years ago did you meet on Tinder? Because you didn't. So we actually met on Tinder in like 2016. Okay. <clears throat> we hung out for like a few weeks, and then we didn't talk for two years. And I but, think that's probably the secret. That was probably when I got done with. I got done with Tinder when I moved to LA. 
Like in Buffalo, it was fun for some reason because you're like, I kind of know that person. <laughs> yeah, I think Tinder here in LA would probably just be like a fast track to murder. Yeah, not for me, but mm. for me, it's like, I don't know. I met a girl on there. I did go on one Tinder date in LA and she wrote for that show, The Ranch. It's just completely mm. like, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I'm in comedy as well. At the time, I wasn't nearly as in it as I am now. In 2017, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be uh, opening up at the Irvine Improv. I'll be emceeing at the, like, she thought I was a loser. So she <laughs> barely, I mean, the date was one of those ones where you both kind of realize 10 minutes in, this is going nowhere. So I got drunk. She ate nachos. And then we we're like, <laughs> hey, I guess we'll never talk to each other again. <laughs> And that's how it went. And then I like, I, I don't know why, but she came up on my Facebook recently where it was like, you might know this person. I think it's like, I have her number in my phone. The contacts, mm. they fuck you. So yeah, I have her number in my phone. So it came up as like, do you know this person? And she had like a kid now. And I'm like, well, I guess that was five years, more than five, almost six years ago now at this point, 2023. Golly, I've been here a minute. But so you met in 2016 on Tinder. Mm -hmm. And see, I think like, <clears throat> That was still that. Do you think Tinder's still kind of like hot right now? I have no idea. I literally have no idea anything about the dating scene. I'm so glad I don't have to navigate it. Well, Tinder is like, I think. I'm not sure. I feel like I see more <clears throat> about Hinge. Well, that's the thing. At, at, at one point, Tinder was like top tier and then someone made Bumble and mm. then they made, you know, Hinge and so on and so forth. And now Tinder's kind of gone the plenty of fish route in terms of like people are like Tinder. You're on that thing? Are you really scraping the barrel, huh? But you were at a time when it was still kind of like top notch. It was mm -hmm. kind of innovative at the time. Yeah, and I was also like a freshman in college, so it was really like, you know, in a small college town. So did you go on a date with many people on Tinder or was this the only one? No, I was actually under a fake name. I barely replied to people. I just wanted to know where house parties were at the time. Um, oh my god my husband now at the time messaged me like three times and on the third attempt he was like this is just the last attempt and if you don't <laughs> reply i'll just take it as like i got too weird um we hung out for like a couple weeks and then we didn't talk for like two years he joined the military and we wow. ended up meeting back up like in a really weird way in 2018 like on facebook and we were long distance until we got married well that doesn't seem like you met on tinder then necessarily like you did we did but you it kind of like it wasn't because of the Tinder meeting that you furthered things along, right? Kind of. Kind of ish. Because I was going to say, what did he say I to you that you were him. like, oh my lord, but it, clearly you ignored three messages almost. He told me he would take me to a Mexican uh, Mexican date. And a then Mexican date? Mexican, Mexican food date, sorry. <laughs> he told me he would take me out to Mexican, um, and then he found out I had a food allergy and was like, why don't I just take you to my apartment instead? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I, I like that tactic. Well, you have a food allergy? Why don't you just come over? <laughs> he didn't cook me shit until we got married. That's hilarious. But a it was Mex great, so. That's something, that's Iowa shit, though. You want to go on a Mexican date? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because sure. that's like, here, it's just like, do you want to go to dinner? And then it just probably <laughs> will be. You know, based off of odds and the type of restaurants that are around the greater Los Angeles area. It's either that or sushi. I really don't know what else you're going to find. Sorry, I had to take a drink there. I'm like, my voice, I'm losing it. Oh, but we have another one. Believe it or not. Two couples. This one from Nina. She's a lady. Uh, like two scared salmon. She said, okay, so get this. I'm not trying to shame you, Nina, but it is funny. And I almost said it. It says, like two scared salmons. She pluralized like it's deers. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to shame you. It's just funny when I see it. Two scared salmon. The plural of salmon is salmon, correct? Thank you. All right. Like two scared salmon swimming upstream through a disputed and polluted river, we met on plenty of fish and bonded over Donald Trump and butt sex. Oh, boy. Now, that's kind of what I would imagine bonding over on plenty of fish. I don't know which way in which they're bonding over Donald Trump. Maybe they're bonding over hatred of him or love of him. I don't know. But butt sex and Donald Trump don't usually line up in terms of who is a fan of (laughs) Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Those whom are fans of Donald Trump aren't fans of butt sex. Typically, Christians. I'm talking about the Christians. <laughs> right? And some of them are big fans of it because they're like, you know, this is where you can put your penis and the Lord doesn't care, you know, talking about <laughs> butt sex. But other ones they're like that's a sin, you know. It's it's very it's a hot topic in the Christian world and therefore I would assess that if you're a fan of Donald Trump, you're not a fan of butt sex, in fact. Me, I'm a fan of butt sex, so whatever, you know, fucking politician wants to get on board with that, <laughs> I'll sign right up. You know, I don't give a fuck about any of these people. What are we looking at? What, I no, I just, pointing. sorry. I'm sorry, my bad. I, I, got, I, saw, I saw August 2016, that's the same time that oh I was on Lord, Tinder. what a time. It was August 2016, and the presidential election was underway. At the time, I thought Trump was a riot, and my future husband thought I was a nutcase. I think he genuinely enjoyed meeting someone that believed Trump could win. See, this is hilarious. This is like, this should be a sitcom. (laughs) There was the woman who loved Trump and the guy who hated him, and they came together, and they make sweet love in the butt, evidently. (laughs) That's where I think this is going. It would be funny if that's what brought them together. They're like... I loved him. He hated him. But we both loved ass sex. So boy, oh boy, we overcame our differences. And what if that's the answer for all of us politically to overcome our differences? You just Your neighbor likes uh, the opposite party? Fuck him in the butt. <laughs> now you guys are on the same level. I genuinely enjoyed mocking him and his left-leaning family out of loud or out loud at both Thanksgiving and Christmas that year. Good God, Nina, you were a tramp to bring home. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's my nightmare. I bring home my favorite girl. Oh, I can't wait. And my family would probably agree with you, probably if you were coming to talk about Trump. But I've had this sort of like fear out of bringing like a liberal person home, even where they're just like. You know, my father says something mildly, and my father is a immigrant, by the way, from the country of Africa, but he's still mildly racist. You know, he'll like, throw things out there. He has a black wife. He doesn't care. He'll throw things out there. And I could imagine bringing a woman home who would not stand for that. Now, this is like a, out of a fucking movie, though, where it's like she's going home and she's like shitting on his left-leaning family at Thanksgiving and Christmas, just making the most epic, awkward fights. We were both broke single parents when we met in 2016, but since then, we have worked very hard and are now financially stable. That's very nice. We even added two more kids into the mix for a total of four. We do still smell like fish, but thankfully the days of the polluted river are far behind us, big fan. Nina, well, she didn't tell us about the butt sex. I wanted to know how that came into play. Well, they got two more kids, so I'm sure they switched. (laughs) Yeah. They would probably have six if they realized that sooner. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Been blowing loads in your ass. What a wild, wild thing. Well, so plenty of fish brought the most arch nemeses together in that case. You know, what with the uh, whole 
I'm a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump supporter. I want to that. I can't believe that hasn't. I guess Roseanne tried to do that in a sitcom with Jackie and Roseanne, and then Roseanne said something about, I don't know, Jews or something on Twitter, and then the show went up in smoke. And that was the end of that. Or was it the black? I don't know what she said. I don't remember what Roseanne tweeted. And either do you. Remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into the sports, we have some fun. I I had a clip sent to me at joshpottershow at gmail.com. More times almost, not more probably, but comparable amount of times to the Glenward tapes. I mean, I love when these things happen. We'll get into it in a second. But first, I want to say the Josh Potter Show today is brought to us by DoorDash. Right now, you could be reaching into the fridge and you're reaching in and you get that one last beer. Oh, isn't that the worst feeling in the world? Not anymore. It used to be the worst feeling in the world for yours truly because then I know, oh, my God, I have to walk two blocks and buy more beer. Oh, how awful. Not any longer no sir right now you can just doordash it baby with doordash grocery delivery you can get what you want when you want when you need it and that's including uh, some adult beverages with thousands of grocery stores to choose from you can still shop with your favorite stores from the comfort of your home with easy substitutions right in the app that way if the the guy you know or the lady they either they can't find it or they don't have it or something you want something that's you know next door they got it Boom. They give you so many options. Best in class customer support, by the way, and it's never been easier. DoorDash isn't just for the midnight pizza craving or that morning hangover meal. When you choose DoorDash grocery delivery, you're giving yourself more time to spend with the things and the people that you love. I got to tell you, this has like eliminated so much uh, hassle in my life uh, because I don't really grocery shop that often anyway, and it was a pain in my ass. I hate going to the grocery store. I never know what to get. So I like making a little list, and then I pop it on the thing, and they bring it right to my door. I take a nap while the other person is shopping. Then I tip them generously. Right now, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $10 value when you use code Josh Potter at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $10 on a $15 minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Josh Potter. Don't forget that's code Josh Potter for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. And the Josh Potter Show is also brought to us by Rocket Money. If you want to save money, this is the thing to do, my friend. It's so easy to sign up for a subscription. We forget about the subscriptions when we sign up. I've, Scott, I, when I signed up for Rocket Money is when I learned how many subscriptions I aimlessly signed up for. Things that I, you know, little bonus, little features. You don't know what these apps are doing out there. Rocket Money will find out for you because next thing you know, you're signed up for a bazillion streaming services and subscription boxes for every day of the week and you're paying for subscriptions you're not even using. Rocket Money is the thing to help. Rocket Money is personal finance app. It uh, finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. It's so easy. You just got to hit that little cancel button on any subscription and boom, you no longer have it on there anymore. They cancel it for you. You no longer have to use it. You're not paying for it anymore. I had little things like in photo apps 
Like, oh, a little package here that was costing like three ninety nine a year. I was like, I don't need this crap. I don't even know what this is. I don't even know what I'm looking at here. Rocket Money is also automatically categorizing your expenses so you can see where your money is going in real time. It's an amazing way to budget and keep impulse spending at bay. Over 3 million people have used and loved the app so far, and the average user is saving up to $720 per year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash potter. That's rocketmoney.com slash potter. Rocketmoney.com slash potter. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, the sports world is on fire. I mean, uh, I have, I'm, it's unfortunate that the Heat and Celtics Game 7 <clears throat> is happening basically as we are taping this episode. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm rooting for the Heat out of a spite bet that I made. <laughs> a girl dumped me and she was a fan of the Knicks, so I'm riding with the Heat the whole way. <laughs> I bet them back then, and now I got them for the Celtics, and they're losing. I mean, this could we could see history. Uh, you know what happened now. You, I'm, you know, uh, you're watching me sitting here in flux, not knowing what happened. You know what happened. Maybe I won my money. Maybe I didn't. But this is the time where sports are kind of winding down, and you're just getting into baseball. So accept it, folks. Accept it. Start watching baseball. And it seems like many roaches out there are watching baseball because, like I said, uh, the Glenwood tape, I've never had a tape sent to me more than the Glenwood tape until this one. This one kind of rivaled it. I was getting tagged. I was getting sent. First time roach reporters coming out of the woodwork, crawling out to send me this tape. Let's hear what it, what it is. We can't turn the black cock black. Uh, we can't turn the Ooh. clock back. I know it's after midnight. We can't turn the clock back. All right. Well, partner, uh, I don't know what he was trying to get to there. He was talking about, uh, I think he was trying to make some sort of, well, we can't turn the clock back and uh, get back to the sixth inning where uh, they left many runners stranded on base. Uh, So here we are at the bottom of the whatever the hell. I don't know what he was trying to get to there, but evidently, uh, I like how he goes, it's after midnight too there, partner. And I was like, the guy is talking about a black cock. I don't know. Play it again for me. We can't turn the black cock black. uh, We can't turn the clock back. I know it's after midnight. We can't turn the clock back. And turn it back into the mid '80s. Oh, that's and put on a Whitey Herzog team. Oh, so he's trying to make a joke about a Whitey Herzog team. It's like it's over, pal. You said Blackcock. That joke is done. <laughs> Stop trying to salvage it. So we can't turn the Blackcock off. Blackcock, uh, clock back to the 1980s, where Whitey Herzog would be uh, here and right. And the other guy, the other guy threw him under the bus. He's like, oof. The other guy goes, oh. What are you doing? Shut up. Remember Dallas Braden during the Glenwood tape? Glenn was like, we went to the N-Word Museum. Dallas Braden just stared at the camera. And people were like, how can he just not react? That's what a professional does. This guy, listen to this guy again. We can't turn the black cock black. uh, We can't turn the clock back. I know it's after. We can't turn the clock back. And Whitey Herzog and this guy's like, remember when you said, uh, what kind of, what kind of, what was black? What was black there, partner? A cock? Meanwhile, we're staring at, uh, I'm not sure what baseball player that is, but uh, he has one of those, I'd imagine. Oh, it's Vanderbilt. 
it's a college game at that. So luckily for this announcing team, not many people were watching on ESPN here. Vanderbilt, though, uh, we c it says the subtitles. Does it say it up in the subtitles, too? Or is that just on your YouTube? No, it doesn't say We can't turn the, and it's blank. Yeah. <laughs> There's conveniently no subtitles for that part. That's very funny. Well, speaking of black cocks, <laughs> Charles Barkley. Uh, yeah, he has one, but also he mentions he wants to sit on something very well. Could I mean, these things relate. And Charles Barkley and Shaq, this is silly season for them. They're in the playoffs now. Mm -hmm. They're seeing the they see the finish line of the season. And they're always very funny and they're saying wild shit all the time. But it's now it's getting to the point where like Charles Barkley knows he's leaving this broadcast at some point. Because by the way, every time he says something wild and funny, people try to like cancel him or get him fired or whatever. And that's not what we do here on this program. You know that. I know Glenn got fired, but that wasn't our goal when we played the tape. We just play. We just chronicle these things and observe them and laugh and make our little jokes. Never call for anyone getting fired. But Charles Barkley is sick of all the canceling, and he's not going to do this job very much longer. But thankfully, we get moments like this between him and Shaq. Let's see it. One of my goals. Oh, you need to be out there. I would love to sit on top of the monster. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff been, Twist. You would enjoy it. I, I want to sit on the. You've on been to Fenway before. I've right? never been to Fenway. Been to Fenway. Can you pause it for a second? I'd love to sit on the monster. Now that's like he's talking about the big green monster in uh, in Boston for the Red Sox, and Shaq is like a sixteen year old child. He's like. <laughs> He's laughing because he wants to sit on the monster, and he's like, the monster what, Chuck? <laughs> Chuck talking about sitting on a monster dick. Now he's cracking up. He's going to laugh forever. And they're saying little things like, you'd enjoy it. Like, they love throwing in their little lines. I love it. Keep it going. I've been to Fenway. Love you. Stop. Oh, Stop. man. No, but I want to sit on a, I pay. I donate money to charity to sit on top of that monster. As big as big a uh, sports fan as you are, you need to have. Have you been to Wrigley? I have been to Wrigley okay. quite a few times. You need times. to go to Fenway, too. Okay. okay. I want to go to Fenway. Just a viral moment waiting to happen, man. It's just a viral moment waiting to happen. What you want to sit on <laughs> Shaq can't let it go. He can't let it go. What are you going to sit on, Chuck? I love it. Shaq's the man. I mean, he's hilarious. And so is Charles Barkley, because Charles Barkley, at this moment, usually he's the guy making the jokes or whatever. He doesn't realize what he said here. I don't think he even reacts in any sort of way. Keep going. Stop it, man. Stop, oh. Shaq. Hey, Jenna, send us a tweet, Jenna. <laughs> We're on our way to Miami. We're on our way to Miami. Turn it. You can kill it now. That was just so funny. Oh, my God. The monster. He's going to sit on the monster, and Shaq's like, <laughs> Shaq's the kind of guy that if I hung out with him, I could make him laugh at just about anything, I think. You just say one little thing, and he's like, <laughs> that guy what okay this last one though is an umpire now we've had in this playoffs for the nba and the nfl we've had referee mic'd up situations it's bleeding over to baseball here these referees they have mics on to relay their calls to the crowd they get on a loud speaker and that gets picked up by the broadcast because then they're giving also the audience at home uh you know some clarification on what occurred in the play so let's hear this thing now, home plate umpire Miami's C.B. Buckner had a, a really good Miami's look at it. challenging the out call at home plate. But the Marlins are going to challenge that. They got their heads up their ass. 
<laughs> and a, obviously a crucial play in this ball game if it gets overturned, and they'll need the evidence to overturn that call. I like how the announcer didn't say that. He goes, the, the umpire goes, Miami has chosen to challenge the out. And the umpire, or the, the, the announcer goes, Miami is going to be challenging the out here. And then the umpire goes, they got their heads up their asses. It's not funny if the announcer's like, and he claims they have the heads up their asses. Watch play it again. Now, home plate umpire C.B. Buckner had a, a really good Miami's look at it. challenging the out call at home plate. But the Marlins are going to challenge. The Marlins are going to challenge. They got their heads up their ass. And they have their heads up their and ass. Obviously a crucial play in this ball game if it. Oh, my Lord. So I don't know what he's referring to there. They got their heads up their ass. Uh, these umpires don't know how to work the loudspeakers. And so in, we've seen NFL refs. We've seen NHL refs do the same thing. I say mic them up even more. And that's what like leagues like the XFL are doing. They're just having everyone mic'd up. They're having people mic'd up in the huddles. It's glorious. I say keep it going. But that's just some type of the sports that we get into here on the Josh Potter Show. So send in your stories or if you come across anything the way that everyone did. I mean, with that first video, Show at Gmail. Dot com is where you can send it in. Oh boy, into the news we go. And uh, this, we start things off here with an email. It says, Hail Mighty Roach King. Once again, I'm sending you a newsworthy episode that took place in Italy in 1977. I like this because uh, Apollo Marara. He likes to send in these old-timey roach reportings, which I think is fun, a little blast from the past. I got to get, like, a, a sound clip for when we go into the past, you know? Let's do the time warp again, something like that. I don't know what it will be. But I, you know, some little time machine, like, like I, we'll figure it out. And then, you know, maybe we go black and white or something. <laughs> I don't know. I hit my vape pen here before a couple minutes ago. Once again, I'm sending you news where the episode that took place in Italy in 1977 it involved a very famous Italian football soccer team uh, or player who died after getting shot by the owner of a jewelry who he was trying to prank. Interesting. So this belonged in the sports. My B. We went into the news. We brought into the news. I thought because it was historic that it wasn't a sports story, but here we have it. Let's hear the article here. It says, on January 18th, 1977, Lazio star Luciano Reciconi. I don't know. I mean, God bless me if I figured that one out. <laughs> they paid a fatal price when his uh, and a troublesome teammate, Piero Geddon's robbery prank on a jewelry shop went disastrously wrong. This is the problem with pranks, folks. The people that love pranks... They're evil sorts. They want to make... I mean, everyone talks about, like... I saw Eric Andre in an interview recently, and he was talking about working with Johnny Knoxville. And Johnny Knoxville just does pranks on Eric, Eric, uh, Eric Andre all the time. You know? Just every day in the shoot. I would fucking kill you, Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> After day three, I'm like, I have to murder Johnny Knoxville. That's just what I have to do. I cannot stand pranks. And people who like pranks will get you the, hey, get in on the prank with me. They're going to get you in trouble. You're going to get in trouble out there. Look what happened to these folks. Ready? Uh, Sacconi <laughs> was a key member of Lazio's historic 1974 
Scudetto winning side who went down in folklore for playing some of the best attacking football Italy's top right uh, top flight had ever seen. However, uh, God, there's uh, I have trouble with all the foreign names, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. Even <laughs> Italian. I mean, these guys are so Italian. Can't they just be named like Anthony or some shit? I mean, for Christ's sake. However, Tommaso Mastrelli's men also gained the reputation off the field for their practical jokes and extreme right wing political sympathies. <laughs> And that's the thing, folks. Pranks and right-wing sympathies <laughs> go hand in hand. Just the most evil of sorts. No. <laughs> Several players were known for carrying guns on them whenever they went and uh, even firing them off for no reason. Well, that doesn't seem like a prank, really, at the end of the day. That just seems <laughs> reckless. It created a divide between them and other disapproving players in the dressing room. Yeah, I'd imagine it would. Uh... Risiconi was generally considered a calming influence in the squad, but Italy's very own Paul Gascongioni became <laughs> notorious for carrying out pranks and wind-ups behind the scenes. And on a harrowing winter's evening in January of 1977, Liangelo Biondo, the blonde angel, went one practical joke too far when he made his way to a jeweler's in Rome owned by Bruno Tabocicini, with Gadon. God damn. I mean, you don't have any, like, Tonys for fuck's sake in this story. <clears throat> Ray Sicconi and Gadin were regarded by most as troublesome duo who never failed to conjure up mischief when each other's company, or when in each other's company, and it was no different when they visited Tebocini's shop. As they approached the jewelers, the pair decided to hang back while their friend entered the store as part of their latest joke. The door then opened and both players sparked into life, sprinting into the shop and reportedly shouting, hands in the air, this is a stick-up. Hilarious. What a prank. We're going to act like we're robbing them. And when they act like we're robbing them, we're going to be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is that how they talk? They were covering their faces with their jackets. Oh, boy, like a robber would? Hilarious. Waka waka. Yet when Ricoccio and Gardine, I don't even know these fuckers' <laughs> names anymore, they were unaware at the time uh, was the fact that Tabocini's shop had been raided by burglars just a few weeks earlier. Oh, you mean so he wasn't taken kindly to the whole fucking prank? Oh, weird. He was suitably prepared for another potential break-in. <laughs> When the jeweler pulled out a shotgun, Gadeen quickly raised his hands in an attempt to defuse the situation, but Risiconi failed to realize and continued with the prank. Tabuccini therefore opened fire and shot the midfielder in the chest from close range. See, I don't have any sympathy for this guy. You do your dumb prank, yeah, you're going to get shot in the fucking chest, idiot. It killed him. 30 minutes after the incident, despite being rushed to the hospital, Risiconi died at age 28 and left behind his wife and two children. Aw, well, don't do fucking dumb, jokey pranks. Don't do the prank if you have a children. <laughs> Talking your language. As he lay on the door, uh, lay on the floor dying, it's believed that his last words were, it's a joke, it's just a joke. Well, isn't that fitting? Your last words were, it's a prank. Ooh. That's the problem with these fucking Dennis the Menaces out there. They do their little pranks, and then they're like, oh, what? I'm just joking. I'm just joking around. 
Tabocini was arrested but never charged or convicted of murder. It remains one of the most unusual deaths in Italian football <laughs> history. Well, I would hope so. I'd hope that that was unusual and that, God, pranksters, this is the thing. They, they deserve it. They deserve it. But it did make me think of something. What's that? Uh, I brought something. Mm-mm. I'm not even going to look over there. Don't pull out the roach. Oh, I, my God. It's in. I caught it. Oh, my God. It's alive. It's very much alive still. It's trying to. T- it's pretending it's dead, but it is alive. Oh, he's moving. Why? Is he in a jar? He. I don't like It's our that. mascot. Ugh. Should we pose with him? I mean, sure. <laughs> oh, is he his tentacle? Oh, God. I can't believe it's here. <laughs> we were all very upset, Josh. You're, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, you're not alone. I'm shaking a little bit. My none adrenaline of, none of us is going. Why? Because you pulled a prank on me? Well, I, it's not a prank because it's real. Now, if I was Tabuccini in the story, I'd just smash it. No, you just shoot me. I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A prank would be putting the jar up here empty after you guys know that there was a cockroach in here. Correct, yes. There were two. There is one now. Why were there two? Oh, I see. I the know. prank. <laughs> <laughs> Can't uh, abide such idiocy. The and other thing I'm learning is I am gullible. <laughs> All right, can we move it? <laughs> Put him at least over there. Juan, do yeah. you want to see what he looked like on the way here? No. Look at him all buckled Wait, up. You took a picture of Oh, you buckled him in a seatbelt? That's cute. It actually is kind of cute at the end of the day. Um, his body will be disposed of 15 or more miles away from this. In, with the jar, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just, going in the that's jar. His, what you're looking at is the he's roach's take a casket, swim. really, at the end of the day. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> No, the problem is I am gullible. That is another thing that I'm learning about myself. My my buddy Hormos, comedian at the comedy store, very funny guy. He always is making jokes like where they're not real. You know what I'm saying? Where they're just <laughs> like he'll just say something and I'll go, "Really? Is that true?" And he's like, "No." I'm always falling for it every fucking time. I'm just so fucking I don't know, I believe everything everyone says. You're too pure, Josh. Oh, I'm yeah. not pure. You're a pure soul. I'm and a, let it be known, it's not a prank because the cockroach is very much real. All right. Can, I can't have him in my <laughs> eyesight, That's there, which is can literally be anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny, though, that you brought him and you transported him so long. How did you catch him? Uh, with the jar and a lot of courage. How long did it take you? Mm, not very long, actually. I waited till uh, Ryan got to the new studio for backup. Mm. I wasn't going to tackle. So Ryan Sickler, who just got out of his he deathbed, was, was... He was going to barehand touch it. <sighs> yeah. Well, maybe you can come over and get rid of that corpse that's in my closet. Well, I was going to say, you could also, <laughs> if you want, you could take this one home and just see if it will, like, die with the other one in your closet. No. See, I think the other one's body is keeping the other ones away. You know, they're like, mm. oh, look what happened to that guy. Let's not go in there. Because I haven't seen any other ones. And there's and I had traps too, and there's none in the traps. Would you feel better if we named him? The corpse one or this one? This one right here. I don't think so. We're gonna kill it. I don't want to name it. You know what I'm saying? They're very shaking their head while they're doing both directions differently. <laughs> We're uh, saying the same thing. Don't name it. I don't want to name it. But thank you for bringing him. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I, you know, speaking of pranksters, I saw this uh, Roger Waters. That guy's a real hilarious prankster. He's wearing uh, <laughs> Nazi uniforms on stage these days, evidently. This came in from uh, 
Caleb says, hey, Roachmaster and crew, Caleb here, not usually a Roach reporter, but I saw this story while scrolling the news and thought it was perfect for the show. It's about old Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. Now, I'm not a Pink Floyd guy necessarily. I like weed. I like mushrooms. I like drugs. I was more of a Led Zeppelin sort, you know, I guess if you're going to. I don't even know if people would put them on opposite ends of the spectrum. It's a little both bands before my time. Let's face it. I'm more of a Slipknot kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I listen to Stained. I don't listen to Pink Floyd or anything else. But I might be able to get on board. I don't know. Police are investigating former Pink Floyd bassist Roger Waters after he wore what appeared to be a Nazi SS uniform on stage during a concert in Germany. This was all the news and all the rage over the weekend. And when he came out and said was that he was doing it ironically and he was actually making an anti-fascist statement. So when I hear that, I go, this is the thing about these bands. Back in the day, the hippies and the leftists and all these people, they used to go like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, you know, this is edgy and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was the conservative people that would get all like, oh, and they'd clutch their pearls about a man wearing a, a Nazi uniform. I want to say Bowie wore a Nazi uniform, right? Mm, they're looking back in their revisionist history. Well, it wasn't necessarily a Nazi uniform. It had tones of, right? Wasn't he wearing like a fucking, what does that say? I found something about him giving a Nazi salute yeah, at some point. A salute. Oh, okay. Well, either way. I thought he was wearing, like, I don't know. In My Chemical Romance, wears some, like, you know, ones where you go, oh, did the journal, who made that? Hugo Boss? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> That's I, true. I often look at the uh, jackets of My Chemical Romance. I go, oh, that jacket's pretty dope. And then I go, is that kind of Nazi-ish? I don't know. But this is an all out-and-out SS Uniform. He was wearing it like a costume, but I can't imagine this is the first time, you know, a band and uh, that is of the edgy rock sort did this. You know, I mean, I I want to even say like Ramstein. I'm I can't think of whom uh, might have you know had some sort of Nazi tones in their imagery or in their outfits or something. But this isn't the first time that it's happened. Is my point. And usually everyone's like, oh, weird, you know, cool, and like whatever. It's like. Oh, it's edgy. It's this, that. And it was the like religious people who would get upset. Now it's flip-flopped. Now it's like all of a sudden there's conservative people who are like, sick. And you're like, well, that's <laughs> weird. I don't know if I if I like that sound. you know. And then you got people that are supposedly like artistic and liberal or whatever. And they're like, I don't get it. This is, he should, he should be arrested. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, performing in Berlin on May 17th, Waters wore a long black overcoat with a red armband. He also aimed an imitation machine gun into the audience. Well, that's kind of crazy. That's fun, though. I mean, this is all fun. It's a concert. Another brick in the wall. And he's throwing, you know, spraying a machine gun. That's kind of fun. Germany bans displaying Nazi symbols, but the country's laws allow uh, for exceptions for artistic and educational reasons. I got to perform in Germany back in 2019, and I did tell a Hitler joke, which was... Kind of fun. I mean, I was a little like, ooh, what are they going to do? And they laughed. What was the joke, Josh? I'm not going to tell you the fucking joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it might still be in my act. You don't know. Water said his performance was clearly to show opposition to fascism. Following the concert at Berlin's Mercedes-Benz Arena, German police spokesman Martin 
uh, Halweg said, We are investigating on suspicion of incitement to public hatred because of the clothing worn on stage. Could be used to glorify or justify Nazi rule there by disturbing the public peace. Yeah, I wonder if he did this in, like, Arkansas. Would it be uh, such an issue? But, you know, it was in Berlin where they do get a little, ooh, a little stuffy when you bring up that time, especially now because there's, like, little people trying... There's people trying to, like, bring back the... not Like, and not so, like, quiet, by the way, uh, in Germany. They're trying to bring the Nazis back, and they're, like, uh, you know, pretty into the Nazi stuff. So they're maybe, you know, maybe that's why it's a little more sensitive at this point. The clothing resembles the clothing of an SS officer. Uh, Waters' jacket included the red armband with two black crossed hammers on a white circle... An outfit that has worn at previous shows dating back to several years. In one scene, Geldof plays a rock star hallucinating that he is leading a fascist rally. Let's see, that's again. We're just on drugs, folks. Imagine taking mushrooms and then all of a sudden Roger Waters is doing Nazi stuff. That's going to break your brain in half. You know, you wanted a trip. Oh, boy. Police uh, authorities have said that once the allegations have been reviewed... The matter will be passed on to the public prosecutor who will decide how to proceed. I wonder if he's going to proceed doing this. Uh, the names on the screen included Anne Frank, the Jewish teenager who died in a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. Israel's foreign ministry later criticized the musician on social media. Well, Roger Waters and Israel don't really get along either, so that probably has something to do with it, I would imagine. He's been outspoken Against both Israel and uh, China. China. So maybe that has a little something to do with it at the end of the day. Well, thank you for sending that in, Caleb. I'd like to know if uh, he continues wearing Nazi stuff. Let's keep an eye out. Eye on Roger Waters. Will he be wearing Nazi stuff throughout his tour? I mean, the tour. I mean, they got the lights. They got the names on the screen. He's probably got to commit. You know, how much is it going to cost to change it? And it's weird that no one else has complained if he has been doing this the whole time. It's the first we're hearing of it because it's in Berlin. Who knows? Next up. Speaking of uh, China, uh, China and Berlin and things and Nazis. Well, you know, we're getting digital IDs very soon in our phone. And I don't have a license, so I'm not sure exactly how I would go about this. Uh, maybe I have to get, uh, a, my passport will go in my phone. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to start putting your IDs in your phone, folks. Your driver's license is not the right, right place, by the way, for a spicy selfie, evidently, because people are forgetting where they are when they're taking their own driver's license photos. Now, when you go to the DMV or you go to the post office to take your, uh, passport photo, you go there as you would go anywhere else. Maybe you're not dressed to the nines, but you are dressed. Nevertheless, <laughs> when you are taking a photo in your home, sometimes you are not dressed. And for some people with a low IQ, they forget that they are not dressed and they are taking selfies shirtless. Why are they taking like full body pictures for a driver's license or an ID though? Well, I don't like, know that they are full body. I'm assuming it's just if done the correctly, tops, you right? should be able to be completely naked and no one should know. Yeah, you should. You can be bottomless for sure, but they would know if you're topless, right? Like, because you're like going to your see your shoulders. Like just here up though. Yeah, maybe. I think your shoulders are in it, right? Or like maybe the top part of your chest. It says here, Georgia Department of Driver Services. Uh, took to Facebook Tuesday to remind drivers. That's where they got to go, by the way, to tell the idiots. 
the people with low IQ, they go, you know what? Just blast it on Facebook. That's where all those R words are. They're all hanging out on Facebook. So they blasted on Facebook uh, Tuesday to remind drivers to keep their clothes on while taking photos for a digital driver's license or ID. Please take pictures with your clothes on when submitting them for your digital driver's license and IDs, wrote the department. Cheers to technology and keeping things classy, they added. Oh, boy. Sounds like a real fucking Facebook post. Georgia residents can use digital driver's license or ID in their Apple wallets or on an iPhone or Apple Watch. According to the department's website, the digital IDs can speed up the process at select TSA checkpoints. The digital document does not serve as a replacement for a physical ID, the website advised. I'm not sure what that really means. That's just some like some bullshit uh, like covering their ass kind of thing. So if you stole someone's fucking phone and you have their ID on it, they can still ask you for yet another one. What's that? No, it's just Are you laughing at my scenario? Yeah, I'm just thinking of... No, my name is uh, <laughs> Muhammad something or other. <laughs> Several people responded to the Facebook post asking if it was a joke or if it was really happening. The department responded with memes suggesting it was a real issue. The department did not immediately respond for a request or comment from CNN. Now, maybe it's not really happening, and this was just a way to like raise awareness of these digital IDs. Do you think that's a hoax? I don't. I I personally think you should take them naked because if you're doing it right, it should only be like neck up. I, I think, think bottomless. Yeah, it can be like ah, found a loophole. I got out. a shirt on. I I'm I I would love to be able to like if I work at TSA, I get a. Uh, you know, a photo full of tits over here. I'm looking at it and I go, we're going to need to see, you know how they're like lower your mask during COVID so they could see your face? It might make them happier. Lower your shirt, please, so I can identify these tits. <laughs> Thank you. Now watch this drive. I just came like, you know, from the airport last yeah. night and like TSA is never pleasant. Maybe if they got a couple nude IDs. They'd be a little more, well, how are you? Yeah, come through. Come through that metal. Kirsten, right come right on through. Let's see what we got here. All right. <laughs> but what about dudes? We got to, like, take down the pants. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they showed a picture of a guy, like, sitting shirtless with his laptop to, <laughs> yeah. like, sh you know, in the story. Like, some. this is, like, a stock photo, by the way. Who had to shoot this? You know? That guy's got some nipples. On him. Can we show this? Is this, <laughs> this going to get us flagged? Not this if guy's it's a got, Georgia ID. This can. guy's got some cans on him. Holy hell. But yeah, I mean, so people are just probably taking it. I remember I was doing, because uh, like, you know, for weed delivery out here in California, recreational weed delivery, every now and then when you sign up for a new site, you have to upload your ID. And I remember I was like, ah, shit. So I'm like uploading my ID. And then you have to like take a selfie with your ID so that they can... You know, there's a lot of there's some different, you know, protocols for these websites. And I remember I was doing all the shit and I actually like was about to take a selfie with my ID without a shirt on because I was just like at home doing it. I'm like, oh, fuck, now I'm going to go get a shirt. You know, I was so used to doing those cameos where I had my shirt off for so long. Well, by the way, we have a bit of a follow-up from a story from a couple of weeks ago. This sent in by Ashley McCollum over at joshpottershow at gmail.com. It's uh, about the Arby's freezer. And I think it was with, was it with Jeremiah? I can't remember who was on the program when we discussed the dead body in the freezer. Uh, but it was, you remember, we had a woman 
discovering a body in a freezer at a Louisiana Arby's near Rob's hometown. The family of the Louisiana Arby's manager who froze to death in a walk-in freezer is now suing the fast food giant over claims that employees had complained the latch was broken on the door. Oh my God, this is darker than I ever would have imagined. The employees were like, hey, that uh, freezer door latch is broken and we're having trouble getting out. Because you notice in these freezers, if you ever worked in one of these places with these freezers, they usually have that like plunger thing that you can push to get out that will, you know, so you can't die in it, you know, and uh, get stuck in there. Yeah, that right there, actually. Yes, exactly. And that's usually the fail-safe to get out. Sometimes there's another thing, too, that's like an, even more of an emergency, like, let me out of here thing. You know, it's like, uh, because they are f- refrigerators, I'd imagine. You remember, like, back in the day when you used to have to take the, well, I think you still do, you have to take the door off your fridge if you're putting it outside by the garbage because little kids will crawl into it or get stuck you know, the door will close and then they're like trapped in the fridge. You can't open a fridge from the inside. It seems like you just push it and it would open. But evidently, the ones with the latches back in the day would, were the real problem, right? Yeah. But why are people still taking them off now that the fridges are like lightweight? They just suction to it or whatever. Yeah, why not? It's just like one of those things. It's like it's like a Tesla. We're still putting the pump into the thing even though there's no gas going into it. <laughs> we're just used to this sort of motion interesting but we so still, it is we still do this for phone call that's right? true we do mm-hmm. well i mean I, you still talk on the but phone you don't with hold this. the thing like that yeah but like kids do this kids, do this. kids do this though i heard yeah, yeah, and yeah. This. oh my god that's funny well these are giant fridges so i guess they need to have the uh you know with the latches so they need to have the thing on the inside obviously and you can't just push it open so uh i'm not gonna give this name a shot um it's, let's just say it's a very Asian name. It was, uh, this person, 63 years old, was alone in the restaurant around 9 a.m. on May 11th preparing for the store's opening when she became trapped inside the food cooler. Her son, who also works at the Arby's, made the horrifying discovery. Oh, my Lord. That is a layer to the story that they did not mention last time oh. around. So this, I, I used to work at a fast food restaurant with my mom. And there were times I would have liked to have shoved it into the freezer and then discovered it, you know, myself. But that would have been terrible. That's awful. The new Iberia police said that there were no bloodstains on the doors, which or there were bloodstains, excuse me, on the doors, which showed that she was trying to escape. Oh, my Lord. What could she have been doing to try and escape? Bashing herself into it, perhaps? Eventually, she collapsed into the fetal position. A preliminary report from the coroner's office confirmed the mother of four died of hypothermia. Oh, my Lord. That is awful. How cold? I mean, this must have been the real cold one. Because I'm trying to think, like, you know, if you're stuck in there for 12 hours, oh, my God, and you don't have your phone, you left your phone on the desk, I'm having, like... You have to die around a bunch of frozen meats. Oh, my God. I'm having, like, my... I don't even know what it's called. Like uh, I'm having like a fucking moment right here of panic. Attorney Paul uh, Skrabanek, who is representing the family, is calling for a formal investigation of the restaurant's alleged freezer malfunctions. A former employee told him that the latch on the cooler was not working properly since August and that the problem was known and ignored by management. He said the family is suing in part because his inquiries to Arby's would have gone unanswered. The family is seeking more than a million dollars in damages. Just a million? This is like a Dr. Evil moment. 
Go hard. They've got the meats at Arby's. Sue them big time. This should be at least $10 million. $1 million? They, that, this is like, we. this lawyer needs to like, Paul, you out there, buddy? $10 million at the very least. A million dollars, that's like nothing. What are we talking about? A former male employee who did not want to be identified told KATC News that multiple work orders were submitted to fix the broken latch. He had also taken photos inside the freezer from prior complaints. They've known about it. Workers have complained. It is unclear what the temperature was the day that she was trapped inside and the length of time that she was fighting to survive. The freezer is supposed to be at negative 10 degrees by Arby's standards. Well, that's by Arby's standards. I'm sure it was then a balmy six, probably. You know, I'm just going to guess that. As per the uh, former employee, but said the temperature is kept lower than that. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. And she was alone in the restaurant. Like, that's the thing, like, I'd be like, where's so-and-so? Why don't we check the freezer just to be? (laughs) (laughs) I would check it. I believe she got stuck in the freezer door and no one was there to help her out, he said. According to the lawsuit, employees were using a screwdriver to help open and close the latch to the walk-in cooler as per a former Arby's employee. The suit also alleges that employees were in the habit of propping open the door with a box of oil because they didn't want it to close all the way. The woman who worked as a general manager with Arby's in Houston, uh, Scribanic, was asked by the franchise's corporate office to go to the New Iberia to help run that location. Oh, so she actually worked in Houston, and she went there to run that. So she's like a regional manager that went there to go. Damn. Yeah. She's not even supposed to be there. And she was almost at the end of her assignment. God. She had been near the end of her temporary assignment after being there for nearly a month to six weeks. Fuck you, Arby's. Imagine they have to make that announcement, but in the voice of the guy who does the commercials. We have a corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Arby's. Extra meat we can't use. Oh, and then they got to get rid of all that meat. I mean, a dead... Do they? I mean, I'd hope that they would... A dead body was in there with it. How long? That's crazy how long. Because I would think like, okay, say they close at 11 p.m. They open at 10 a.m. Could you last that long? It is so monstrously cold. Negative 10 degrees is not what I was expecting. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, like the lettuce part of the cooler perhaps. But this was like the deep one. Yeah. Whoa. This is the one where there's like ice on the walls and shit like that. Oh, my God. I would have... uh tried to break it i don't know is there a mechanism in there where i could have like smashed and made it so it did, it broke or something so it wouldn't conduct any more cooling i don't know what i would have done they found blood so she was like yeah it said from beating her hands against the door oh jesus lord <laughs> it's the darkest story ever and Guys, it's a support arby's it's an art yeah we're you know i don't call for the boycott of many things <laughs> but how about we get our five for five beef and cheddars elsewhere for a couple of months <laughs> until they fix some latches on these freezers. I mean, good golly. Oh, boy. Let's continue. Let's try to raise up the uh, morale here, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. Divorced women are a package deal. Now, this is what I like to hear. <laughs> this is what I would... I gotta, I, this is, all this did was make me want 
to inquire more, by the way, when I tell you this story, two best friends who live together, both divorced, both ladies, say that any prospective man that they date needs to be aware that the two women come as a package deal. Sounds pretty dope to me. <laughs> best friends Marissa Baker, 31, and Patty Kulak, 28, moved in together after splitting from their partners. And God, these ladies are young, too. Back in 2021, the pair have said that they are platonic soulmates. Oh, we'll see about that. We will see about that. They also claim that they are often mistaken for a couple uh, with people constantly asking if they're in a relationship with each other because they get along so well. The friends moved in together in Naples, Florida back in May of 2021. They say they go on friendship dates, work out together, and do household chores together. Well, get ready to suck a dick together, ladies, because <laughs> I'm coming to Naples. Is that the one of them? That's both of them. Wait a minute. Where's the other one? Oh, I see back there. <laughs> no, that's all right. I saw one big head. They're cute. Guess what? Sign. I, I've never been a Mormon or whatever, but I'll do some polygamy. I don't give a shit. If we can <laughs> legally, you know, tie all the knots, dot the eyes, all whatever, I'll take both of you. I don't give a shit. You know, who wants Monday, Wednesday, Friday? <laughs> Which one's the Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday bitch, huh? <laughs> Weekends, you know. Whatever happens, happens. Baker told SWNS in an interview that they are like wives and that they tell potential dates that they come as a package, <laughs> to which the dates say, sick. <laughs> Who's saying no to this? Kulak, who works in local government planning, told SWNS, dating is so interesting. <laughs> what were you going to say? Nothing. Nothing? No, oh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you. She said that since the women are always together... Prospective male dates begin to realize that this is not just a roommate situation. And then they go like this. <sighs> like, what did we talk? They're like, oh, boy, this is not a roommate situation. They're like into each other. Oh, boo hoo. Weird. Like, who's angry about this? Kulak, who, uh, I don't know, she said that uh, since the women are always together, prospective male, yes, okay, th this isn't a roommate situation, added Kulak of Baker, she is not just my best friend. Every decision I make involving a man that I am dating, I will be running by her first. Sounds fine. She also said, when there are men involved, they like to know what this relationship is because they don't understand it. Who are these idiot men trying to understand it? Just enjoy it, you fucking idiot. She said it's more than just having a best friend. It's about a partnership here. The two women told SWNS that they met back in January 1st of 2021 at Baker's birthday party between January of that year and May 2021. By the way, that is a short amount of time, and I can see this blowing up into smoke at some point. Both women separated from their significant others around that time as well. That spring, the women decided to share an apartment together. Baker said that she and her best friend have the freedom to be ourselves. She added, we have fun together. We laugh together. It can, I can be weird. I am messy at times. There is nobody judging me or criticizing me. She also said that there is uh, that they navigate the dating field now. They understand that their extremely cl close friendship is very unconventional. The women told SWNS that they each explained to any dates, hey, we are a package deal. The pair revealed that, that what works so well for them is that they are both into positivity and personal development. Ew, who cares? <laughs> I physically got, That's I physically wretched there. <laughs> That's what's turning you off from That part freaked me out. 
No, you're not. Gulag said, I love when I come home. This is my safe space. When I turn onto <laughs> my street now, I'm like, oh my gosh. I want to speed home and tell Marissa all about my day because I get to be my authentic version of myself. That makes me sad that you think like you couldn't be the authentic version of yourself until you met this other lady. She added, there is no judgment. You show up and you are, or you show up as you are and you are heard in this space even when you're angry. These Both these women had terrible husbands. That's sad. She also noted, I get to voice the frustration. Uh, we address whatever needs to be addressed and move on. She is my partner and she wants me to be happy. Baker, for her part, said, environment makes a difference. And who you show up as is different depending on... This is all a bunch of horror. Do they fuck together or not? <laughs> who who went to the news outlet and was like, have I got a story for you? Them. Oh, they did. Them. But And that's the other Can thing. Can I tell you where this ends up in a Dateline episode? I mean... You're the man who'd be like, <clears throat> hell yeah, I love these women. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're found in a suitcase under an overpass somewhere. No, 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 no. I could see it happening. No, these are, this is just, these are women who like are <clears throat> like, I don't know. If, well, let's see if there's any, I, that's the thing. I'm looking for some grandiose like conclusion here and there really isn't one. Baker also said that when she was married, she was drinking every night, binge eating, overworking and distracting herself. Uh, now she said, I don't overwork. I have really great boundaries. We do self-care. We put time into things we are passionate about. Ugh. Golly. I don't care about that. Not a fig. <laughs> See, I think if you get in here, this turns into a love triangle. One of these girls loves the other girl a little too much. Other one thinks it's platonic. Baby starts to like you too much. One well, or two people thing. are ending up dead. I... <laughs> Would never give a shit enough about it's that's the thing when you do two of these when they're like we're a package deal I'm like well all right well then you get 50% and you get 50% that is of both love attention everything pretty much split 50 50 so if they're into each other I go sounds good have fun do your thing you need the other one fine that's like I never get there are guys that get jealous of like girls and their best friends they're like you're spending so much time with your friends Guys have said that. I'm like, what are you, a fucking chick? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's with her friends all the time. Good. Enjoy that fact. Be happy she has friends. These two sound like they never had friends before. They sound like they were married to husbands who are like that, where they're like, stop hanging out with your dumb friends. And then they just were like, yes, sir. And then they didn't. And now they're like out of the the oppression that was that marriage. And they've found each other. And they're both like in a very codependent situation. That's my assessment of things. But boy, oh boy, if only they had sex with each other and were inviting a third, that would make it ideal. Then it would be like, I'll buy you two a fucking house. I don't give a shit. We'll do the whole, I'll be like Bill Paxton in Big Love. I'll get a house across the street if you want. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'll have two wives. That'd be fun. Two's better than zero. <laughs> well, why don't we round things out with this story from C. Riley. A man in Louisville, Kentucky is facing an assault charge after shooting his roommate. See, this is where the things could go. But these are dudes. He shot his roommate, by the way, in the ass. <laughs> Hilarious place to shoot someone. Is that the shooter or the shooty? He looks like he's got something in his ass. Uh, I think he is the shooter because okay. the mug shot. He seems pretty happy about it, though. <laughs> When you hear about a person who has a roommate, you 
just pray it's not a man as old as this. You know, I just. I had a roommate till I was 30, <laughs> 36 years old, and I was like, it's got to stop. I have to not have a roommate. I don't care if I'm living under a bridge. I can't have a roommate anymore. And this man looks very much older than that, and he has one. But he shot his roommate in the ass during a fight about eating their last Hot Pocket. Oh, things are grim for these two <laughs> folks. Hot Pockets, if you don't know, come two in a pack. Can we get the price point on a Hot Pocket box? They weren't not cheap, by the way. There was a time when I was budgeting. Now, I don't like food, as many people know. And I know that's a wild statement to make. People probably just drove off the road. But uh, I don't, I'm not going to get into it today. But, you know, when I was grocery shopping, I used to pride myself on the fact that I could live off of two weeks of food for $25. And I would get, I would, basically it was like my own little personal game show. And I remember Hot Pockets, you know, there's two of them in a box. And that doesn't necessarily, like, one Hot Pocket, you're like, am I still hungry? You could maybe eat a second one right away sometimes if you're very hungry. And that right there is, like, I'm going to guess that they are $8 for a box. Is that cheap? Was I even wrong? Or did you look it up? No, yeah, you're way off. It says $3 for a box of two. So we got, like, $3.50 for a Hot Pocket. I thought it was very much more than that. Is that just, like... The basic hot pocket. Give I mean, me a broccoli a cheddar. Pizza. Give me a broccoli cheddar chicken one. Okay. Let's check the price. Let I mean, see. I'm not going to say I mean, it's even, jumping even, up five, uh, five bucks here, but I thought like, what about a croissant? Remember the croissant pockets? Are those oh. still a thing? Oh, this? Yeah, the fancy also, ones. Also two pack for three bucks. Huh. I remember them being expensive for Should some reason. Some hot pockets a little outpriced. So episode? nah, <laughs> I'd rather the roach be brought in every week for the rest of our lives than have a Hot Pocket, really. Um, I used to get the broccoli cheddar chicken one. That used to be my go-to. But three bucks for two, I guess that's not so bad. I really thought that they were much more expensive. Even more alarming that they are so cheap and a man shot another man over it here. Let's get into the story from C. Riley. Continue on here. It must have been boiling over. There must be other contributing factors to shooting your roommate aside from him eating the last Hot Pocket. Clifton Williams got angry Saturday. That's the man I believe we were looking at his picture a couple of moments ago, Clifton Williams. He got angry Saturday and began throwing tiles at his roommate. Throwing tiles. Uh, after the roommate ate the last Hot Pocket, the victim told police, according to the court citation, the roommate said that he tried to fight back before telling Williams he was leaving. As the roommate was leaving, Mr. Williams went inside the residence and got a gun. The victim told investigators Williams then shot his roommate in the ass while he was trying to leave. According to the citation, the roommate went a few blocks away to get help. CNN reached out to an attorney for Williams. Williams is being held at a seven hundred or a seven thousand five hundred dollar bond according to the court documents and a spokesperson for the jefferson circuit court clerk his next court appearance is scheduled for tuesday blah 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 the incident is one of the most recent examples of a disagreement escalating to gun violence in a country with more civilian gun okay well we don't need a gun statement from the fucking <laughs> journalist here i mean jesus christ Earlier this month, a Sonic Drive-In employee was allegedly shot and killed by a 12-year-old boy during an argument with another man in the restaurant's parking lot. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> this man, I can't believe more of this shit didn't happen during pandemic. Like, clearly these two gentlemen lived together during pandemic. Their living situation wasn't better during pandemic, <laughs> you know? So, can we show the guy again? Clifton Williams? 
Yeah, he doesn't look too upset. Yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> I shot him. He's probably psyched that he's in a solo sale, a solo cell in jail. He's like, I don't have to have a roommate in here. This is great. Three squares a day. <clears throat> Gonna get him a jail hot pocket. Don't bring me that $7,500 bond, please. Yeah, get him a jail hot pocket. Uh, Danny Brown probably knows how to make one of those. I should ask him. I'm going to see him soon. I'm going to yeah. ask him about, because uh, they used to make uh, all kinds of crazy yeah, jail food. Yeah, I him talking about the burrito. Smashing it up with like a Slim Jims inside of a chip bag and running it under hot water. See, this is the thing about food. I remember, I see people on TikTok, they're like <laughs> making hot dogs and wrapping them in like stuff and putting Doritos on their like hot dogs. Do you know what I mean? So it's basically like people are making jail food in regular life. <laughs> Do you know that there's like Americans facing felonies because of a TikTok and fruit roll-ups trend? People are trying to smuggle fruit roll-ups into Egypt. Or into Israel, Egypt. What? Yeah. Why? What? Why? Why is that a th- felony? Because I don't. That I don't know. I don't know why it's a felony, but like, I know uh, that they kosher? were caught. I don't know. Did we but have that other? Was, speaking of TikTok it was like trends, thousands of pounds. I don't know if I it sent it in time. End. Is it at the end? Because yeah. there is a TikTok trend going on right now that um, I just came across. Because somebody actually, a friend of mine. I don't see it anywhere. Hmm. In there. Uh, TikTok challenge puts Kia owners at risk? Yes. There it is. Oh, I see it. It was close. Here it is. Beginning. I got it right here. Just real quick with the fruit roll-ups. They yeah, were, I want to. Um, the Americans were smuggling 375 pounds of fruit roll-ups into Israel. And why is that an issue? I don't know why it's an issue, but are they're they not, doing uh, it because there's a trend on TikTok where they wrap it around ice cream, and so it makes it hard. Ew. And I guess you just can't get fruit roll-ups there. Maybe fruit roll-ups are not kosher because isn't fruit roll-ups technically like the hooves and the tongues and the it's basically what like what hot dogs are because uh, isn't it just all the nonsense that they make the gelatin out of? That shit's not made out of fruit. It's made out of yeah, like no. it's made out of like calves. But a fifty cent roll-up here can go for about six dollars in Israel. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm curious about that why they would be illegal although it's just like bringing in 350 pounds of anything probably is illegal but yes tiktok uh, they're making these challenges and kids are getting killed and also arrested it seems because we have here the tiktok challenge that puts kia owners at risk i used to drive a kia when i drove shittiest car i ever owned i think they've gotten better this is back in Oh, 2002, I had a Kia Sorento, I think it was called. And boy, oh boy, was it like a, it was like driving a lawnmower. I mean, this thing, I couldn't, I would have hoped someone, I was actually hoping people would steal it. I would leave it running outside of uh, stores, praying that someone would just, I'd come out of the store and it'd be gone. But here in New York City, it's stepping up the warnings to Kia and Hyundai owners. And I know this is happening Back in uh, Buffalo, too, because I know some people who have been trying to hide their Kias in a garage, asking people if they can use their garage until the Kia challenge is over. It's it's really getting crazy out there. It's a social media trend that can put some of the vehicles at risk for theft. As we continue to decrease crime and move crime in the right direction, we don't need aggravating factors such as what we are seeing on social media challenges of this magnitude, said the New York City mayor. Uh, it's been identified by some as the Kia Challenge and exploits a design vulnerability in some Kia and Hyundai cars, which allows the ignition to be bypassed using a USB cable. Oh, my Lord. Do we have an example? Can we? Uh, can you see if we can find one of these? Not that I want to show. I don't know. Are they banned from TikTok? Is that going to get us in trouble? 
I just was seeing if they had one uh, example in the story. Is that it? No. Uh, the video shows viewers exactly how to crack open the steering column and start the cars up without using a key. Yeah, but, you you know, I guess they could break the window and get in and do it that way. The trend has become so widespread, the NYPD has been posting warnings on social media. So far this year, more than 300 Kias and Hyundais have been stolen in the city, uh, an increase of nearly 500% over the last year. Isn't it funny? There's probably, like, some genuine car thieves out there who are like, what the fuck, TikTok's blowing up my spot now? Now every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to come steal a Kia? He's like, they're they're finding out our tricks. This guy's got a mask on. The masks, by the way, it's so funny. Now when I see a person with a mask, I'm like, for a second I go, I wonder if they are very scared still and they'll just wear a mask for the rest of their lives, or are they a criminal who's using the mask as an excuse? I I always wonder that when I see it. So people are using the USB cables to steal Kias. Well, if only they could do that with, like, Ferraris. You know what I'm saying? It's unfortunate that it's such a shitty car and so easy to steal. I mean, by golly. People steal the Kias and they're like, I'm going to put it back. I don't even really want this at the end of the day. I thought that was interesting, though. If you have a Kia out there, folks, do write in joshpottershow at gmail.com. Let me know how shitty it is. Uh, Let me know how your day's going. Let me know if you have any roach reportings. Let me know anything you want out there, folks. joshpottershow at gmail.com. Ooh, there you go. TikTok teaching thieves. First at five. TikTok teaching thieves. How is your car at risk? Now this guy's just showing this broad how to steal a Kia. Isn't it funny? Because they're putting it on the news, showing exactly how it's happening, and they're basically just making it worse. (laughs) They're like, here's how to do it for all the boomers now. Well, folks, thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of The Josh Potter Show. Thank you to the crew here, Alex, Rob, and Kirsten, for coming in on Memorial Day. Thank you to Dennis the Roach here. Dennis. Yeah. We'll see you later, dog. (laughs) I want to thank all our Roach reporters, some first-timers out there, a lot of people sending in that clip we we kicked off the show with so keep it coming baby josh potter show at gmail.com other than that make sure you come on out poughkeepsie new york laugh it up comedy club june 1st that's tomorrow night if you're watching this on the day it comes out june 2nd and 3rd saratoga springs new york over at the comedy works tickets can be found up on my instagram at josh underscore potter or on my twitter at j underscore potter keep rating reviewing subscribing liking all of the stuff it goes a long way And I appreciate you a great deal. Other than that, folks, we will see you next week right here on The Josh Potter Show. 